I actually think Barcelona are a little bit at risk this season. Say, for example, if Barcelona drop to the Europa League, considering mm-hmm. the fact that they have such major financial troubles going on, dropping to Europa League is not just below their standards; it will also affect them financially. I've also learned not to pick against them because we did this episode exactly one year ago, and I remember saying that Liverpool are. at risk of not reaching out of the group stage and they went 18 of 18 yeah, yeah. points in the group stages casemiro tony cruz and modric each of them have won the champions league five times together being that midfield triumvirate i actually think this is the weakest version of dortmund we've seen in some time you know what i always think psg does the opposite of what you expect according to me tottenham are the underdogs this season they are the dark horses this season this is a very non quantitative element but They've never been able to validate themselves as being a real powerhouse in football, and there's no reason for it anymore. They have a top-class manager. They are willing to spend in the transfer market. They have some real top-class talent. They also have the best stadium in the world. Exactly. Hi guys and welcome back to All About Sports the podcast the podcast for the fans and by the fans. In today's podcast we are going back to football but just a quick introduction we have Rishabh Krishnan with us. Hey everyone. And myself Shubham. So yeah just moving back to football obviously the there's a lot of hap- that that's happening the transfer window is still going on we'll perhaps like do an episode where we review everything that's happened in 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 the transfer market with all the clubs but today's episode we'll focus on on european football so we'll focus on the the ucl because uh, the champions league draws out there are some interesting groups uh, some interesting matches to look ahead so like quickly just to deep dive into the different groups to so start off with group a we have ajax liverpool rangers and napoli so Krishan, before coming to you, according to me, I just think like in this group, it's Liverpool and Ajax are looking like the teams that are obviously going to go through. Uh, Liverpool are obviously strong this season, shaky start to the season, but I think they played who Bournemouth and they won nine nil. Yep, that was, that was an amazing performance from them. Although having said that, I don't think this Liverpool team is like the teams of last season or the season before that. I think losing out Mane is definitely a big player gone. They have got Nunes, who's who's who started off okay, but he's he hasn't started off like say uh, Haaland, who has just backed in a hat trick, is is all guns blazing. But yeah, definitely they're a strong team, and the second team is Ajax, according to me. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think I have to agree with you, Malu. But I'll completely admit a part of it is I've kind of lost track, especially of. Napoli and and Rangers in the recent years, right? I've kind of lost track. Napoli have fallen off a little bit from what they used to be. Also, they've lost some of their big players, specifically Kulibali, now moving to to Chelsea. So, I, I definitely think this one's a no brainer. I, I do agree with you that Liverpool is does not look the same as they've looked in the past. Some of it is momentum, but I do agree that they are not looking as dominant as they have in prior seasons. and i think honestly the reason i just say it's a very easy decision is it's just not a very challenging group if we're just being yeah. frank right ajax as well under a new manager this season with eric ten hag now joining manchester united they are a team who've made some interesting signings they brought bergwijn tadic is continues to be at the team bergwijn i believe is is still playing with them so they'll be a solid i mean they'll be a solid second runner up but i just don't see napoli and rangers competing with them and frankly probably good for liverpool to kind of get the momentum going i think they need a couple of easy fixtures across formats to just kind of set the ball rolling in and keep them going but yeah not the most exciting group to be honest <laughs> but you know i think you touched upon one good point 
just because like obviously we we are pretty, both of us are pretty clear on the fact that Liverpool will top the group followed by Ajax but just in terms of the distance they could go in the tournament so touching upon Ajax Ten Hag I think he was there for what three three and a half seasons won the division three three years back to back took the team up to the semi-finals where they I think lost to Tottenham uh, maybe like two three seasons back strong team uh, Ten Hag is gone you have Martinez who's left we have potentially Anthony is also going to leave. Who has I think it's done now. I think yeah, it's yeah. done. That's what it's looking like. But till the time the announcement is not done, so I'm not going to say much. I don't want to jinx it. But yeah, so this is an Ajax team which might potentially enter Europe not looking like the team they were. And we have Liverpool who they've lost Mane, but they've signed Nunez. But having said that, Liverpool have also come under criticism given the fact that the midfield is not functioning the way it used to. It's an aging midfield. They have injury concerns. Where do you think they will go in Europe? Like, okay, we know they'll 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 get out of the group stage, but after that, what do you think? Where will each of the team go? You know, a friend mentioned this theory on teams that perform well in the Champions League, and I actually completely agree with him. Whereas I think it's very teams that tend to be quick teams that aren't sort of over dribblers tend to be more successful in the in in the Champions like direct League. Direct teams. Direct teams, right? Real Madrid is obviously one of the most historically... In, in our time that we watch football, Real Madrid has been phenomenal. There are the exceptions of Barcelona, but I think Liverpool fits into that genre of team. So, I'm going to say they're still going to be phenomenally successful. My prediction is maybe. I actually think they could go as far as even the semifinals. I've also learned not to pick against them because we did this episode exactly one year ago and I remember saying that Liverpool would not... are in Because of their depth, at risk of not reaching out of the group stage. And they went 18 of 18. Oh, well, yeah, 18 of 18 points in the group stages. So I've learned not to bet against them in the Champions League. I don't think their Premier League season will be as impressive. But I think Champions League, they are just the ilk. And the way they play is very well suited to teams that I believe just will be successful. I think they'll do well. I don't know what what, what your thoughts on that, Malu. I I think Liverpool make it to the quarterfinals. I don't think they will make it to the semi-finals this season. At least, at least that's what I think. And the reason I think that is because I just feel that midfield. Look, see, unless in the last three, four days of the transfer window, they sign a top, top midfielder. I just don't think they have that midfield, and their midfield clicks a lot because of Thiago, who has injury concerns. So I think if all of that is that that is still a question mark, then I think they make it to the quarterfinals. Beyond that, I don't think they make it. And in terms of Ajax. I think if they make it to the, to the quarterfinals, it's it's an achievement for them. I think the journey will end at down to 16th. Do you agree with that? Ajax as well? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't see a lot of optimism for Ajax. I, I, you know, even amongst the dark horse teams this season, I yeah. don't see them as one of the big dark horses this season. Again, they could, they could prove us wrong. Very honestly, for me, it's less from a clear perspective on what I think of their team and more just, I think there's so much change, it's hard to come back from that. So, I agree with you. I don't see them being the dark horse team that goes kind of far this season, very honestly. Yeah, I'm on the same page. So, moving on to Group B, we have Porto, we have Atletico Madrid, we have Leverkusen and we have Club Bruges. Atletico and... uh, well, I think Atletico make it through for sure, just given the fact that there's Diago Simeone, who's who's a genius of a manager. People can criticize his way of playing, very negative or whatever, but he gets results. Uh, so I think they definitely get out of the group, they top the group. Club Bruce probably finished last. I, you know, you'll have to help me out here because when it comes to Porto and Leverkusen, I, I'm not quite sure as to which team is better, which team is performing better. I just feel, I would say Porto to finish number two, this is just 
because of their historic achievements as a club and uh, because i think porto as a club is bigger than leverkusen that is just my that is based on what uh, i think they finished second but what are your thoughts i think i have to agree with you on that one too i think porto even though i don't know um again a whole lot about their their squad recently i'm kind of looking at their squad there's some names that seem familiar pepe somehow is still playing football which is incredible he's still at the heart of their defense they have urube there are some interesting names that i think come up for their team i think they'll be kind of good enough to to kind of compete with this group i really don't know enough about you know i don't feel confident talking about leverkusen too too greatly but i also will say in terms of the picking and the pools in which they were they were picked porto and atletico madrid were in the top pool as compared to bayern you know bayern leverkusen so that's probably somewhat of an indication that they are probably the top two the top two teams also porto has had a little bit of success in the in general been a reasonably successful team for being a portuguese side in the champions league yeah. so yeah i think just again i have to admit just like you basing it off history i think they'll be in decent shape atletico i'm interested to see how far they go because i i really like their team this season actually i think they're going to be very exciting i love that they have you know have morata again full fledgedly back in the squad I am a high, high optimist on Hua Felix. I think they're going to be a really exciting team, and I actually think they could be a team that goes reasonably far. I don't know what your thoughts on Atletico. They've disappointed a little bit in the Champions League the last couple of years, but like you said, I don't know. Can you ever rule out Simeone and this team? That's the thing. That's the thing. Like when it comes to Simeone, Simeone again, he pretty much reminds me of Mourinho. to an extent that his team can just absorb pressure frustrate people like you know the sort of negative football that you say that waste time and all that jazz but these guys are so good at one chance just being clinical and finishing the game with a quick direct counter attack so that's the reason i just think simeone is someone you can't rule out and i think they make it to the quarters for sure i don't know about the semis but yeah i i think atletico make it to the quarters for sure I think that's a I I got I think we have to go through all the groups for me to finally see where they slot but I wouldn't be surprised if they if they reach at least the quarters at yeah. least now moving on to group C which according to me is the most interesting group because we have Bayern we have Barcelona we have Inter and we have a fourth club which I can't pronounce it's Victoria something so I'm just going to stick with Victoria Pleasant maybe Pleasant yeah 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 whatever that is but uh, yeah very interesting group I think this is definitely the group of death and the reason i say that is because generally like a few seasons back we would say bayern barca for sure but inter have been a strong team of late didn't inter win the uh, the italian league as well i th- i think they won it right last season or was it milan the last season was ac but the season before that was inter yeah and yeah, i so think it was very close it came down to the wire and inter like kind of went down right till the last game if i'm not mistaken but ac ended up taking it Yeah, so Inter is there's there's obviously a revival out there. They've become a strong team again. They're back to being a European, well, not a European force, but definitely an Italian force. So we have three top teams from different leagues. Uh, Bayern have obviously strengthened because they've got Mane. They've been playing amazing football. They've been scoring goals just for fun in the in the Bundesliga. Barcelona, for all their financial troubles, have signed a huge amount of players. Top players. They've got Lewandowski, who obviously in the last two years has probably been the best player. with benzema he's he's just been banging in goals so according to me i would say dude it's a very hard pick i don't know i i i want to say barcelona will finish first but i will say bayern will finish first just because i i don't think zavi is that good a manager yet or at least he's not proven that he is 
a top top elite manager so i will say bayern barca i don't think inter make it through i think they drop to the europa league and and victoria i don't think they get a single point <laughs> the, these are my thoughts is there anyone rooting anyone who has any hope for victoria barring victoria pleasant i can't know how to pronounce this team same but 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 their fans but yeah i think you 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 nailed it in the sense that this is obviously the most exciting group like there's no question about it i actually think barcelona are a little bit at risk this season cuz let's not forget last season they did they were one of the teams who didn't make it out of the group stage which is for the first time and i can't even i can't even remember how many years right like, i mean yeah. it's been so many years since barcelona has dropped down to the europa league i can't even and i don't know when's the last time that's happened i think this is going to be a challenging um a challenging uefa champions league for barcelona i think the last thing they needed was such a tough group they have so many new players zavi is still kind of acclimating to the side he's gotten a full summer which is good but i i think they're going to struggle and i personally think my vote would actually go to inter milan and bayern munich just based on stability bayern munich is a side that it's always hard to root out just because of how solid they are just every season year in and year out they have a really really solid side and i look back at their team i was looking at their squad uh, that they played most recently in the bundesliga such a solid side right there's so many names that you look at and get excited by right they have pavard they have upamecano they have hernandez kimich sabitza leroy no, sane mane muller komen it's such an absolutely stacked squad and let's not forget nagelsmann is now considered one of the like top young managers in the league they have matias delit this season they signed serge nabri i mean they re-signed serge nabri there was some discussion about him moving jamal musiala is considered one of the now youngest german talents coming out i think they're a very very solid side they could really be a serious challenger to me in the champions league this season and also it's weird to say you know we we i often contrast the bundesliga and you know it's easy to contrast the bundesliga and the french league right because the bundesliga has been so dominated by this one team for so long but it doesn't make them complacent somehow they yeah. they still show up for the champions league so i think bayern's a sure shot i actually think inter's going to be really solid they've been really good the last two seasons in the serie a they've re-signed lukaku i know lukaku had a poor season with chelsea but for whatever reason he's historically fit in he's fit in pretty well with inter milan in his season before he was with chelsea they have some interesting you know they also have some really really interesting players who they've managed to keep right they've managed to keep lotaro martinez which is huge they just also have a lot of like consistency like brozovic is still in the team barella is still in the team they still have devray and skriniar in the back some might argue they're getting old but they've been performing well in the in the serie a i think if you just look at the teams on paper you would argue barcelona is better than them but inter milan is a unit that has been pretty consistent in terms of the squad that they've had this is the second season now for um oh my gosh i'm forgetting their manager's name for uh, inzaghi not filippo inzaghi which is what i thought initially but his brother it's their second season is a second season in charge i just think they're going to be such a stable unit and i think barcelona frankly is a little bit lost right now i need to actually see their results actually it's very interesting because i want to see say for example if barcelona dropped to the europa league considering mm-hmm. the fact that they have such major financial troubles going on not getting champions league revenue for for the knockout stages i think it's going to have such a detrimental effect on them so for them going and proceeding in the champions league is not just like historically a respectful achievement or respect like or like a given that they should do dropping to europa league is not just below their standards it will also affect them uh, financially 
So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be so crucial for them to get out of the group stage. But actually, what you say is, is a very valid and fair enough point that Barcelona don't have the stability that Inter have. I could, I could not debate the fact that it could potentially look like Bayern, Inter, Barca. So, yeah, fair enough. And it's 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 I, the one thing that you hit on the, the nail on the head, which was just Lewandowski is just so good. I mean, the second game they won 4-1. He's already gone into the goal scoring. You know, he's already just been a goal scoring machine. That's the thing. Like the only I I if they didn't sign Lewandowski, even with everyone else they signed, I would be a lot more certain on this choice. But Lewandowski has just been by far the best number nine in football for the last four seasons. Pure number nine, if you're looking at, he is the best in football for the last at least three seasons. I would argue. So it's tough only because of him. But who knows, man? I mean, it's it's one that he'll be facing Bayern in the next one. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, let's move on to Group D. I think Group D we can like finish off pretty quickly. We have Frankfurt, we have Tottenham, we have Sporting, we have Marcel. I think Tottenham topped the group. Uh, the reason I say that is, according to me, Tottenham are the underdogs this season. They are the dark horses this season. And the only reason I say that is because of Ant- uh, Antonio Conte. I think that guy is a genius manager. I, I think even in the Premier League, they are going to be a force this season. I think uh, I, I think even during a Premier League predictions, I said they're definitely going to be top four. They are a team that that are going to have, have like some good... They already have good players. There'll be good performances. And given this group, definitely they're topping the group. And the team that finishes second, you know, there are actually rumours that Cristiano Ronaldo might move to sporting. So it'll be interesting if Ronaldo moves to sporting. But currently looking at their squads, I just feel... Marcel would probably finish second. So I would go with Tottenham and Marcel. That was going to be my pick as well, actually. The second one, I think Marseille is... It looks pretty interesting, right? They they signed Alexis Sanchez, actually. Inter Milan were looking to get off him for a long time. They've finally been able to get off Alexis Sanchez, who's gone there. He scored two goals in his game against Nantes, which was actually today. They have some interesting players, right? They have Guendouzi, they have Dimitri Payet, Nuno Tavares is on loan from Arsenal. They're a pretty interesting squad. I actually don't know how they dropped into being in the lowest pool for selection in the Champions League. But one thing we can say is their team that is going to play this season is a lot stronger than their squad last season. So I think they're going to be an interesting uh, an interesting team. I definitely think they're going to be second the, the second choice. I think Antrik Frankfurt, if I'm not mistaken, had a phenomenal Europa League last season. I believe we're in the finals of the Europa League. So that's probably based, you know, that's, Probably the reason why they were in the top pool with Tottenham. But I, I, I have to go with Marseille too. And just quickly on the Tottenham piece, this would be a really nice statement piece for Tottenham and Conte if they can go far in the Champions League, right? I think so much of Mauricio Pochettino's legacy is that Tottenham reaching the Champions League final against Liverpool, right? And I think this could be a real statement piece for Tottenham because I just feel this is a very non-quantitative element, but they've never been able to validate themselves as being a real powerhouse in football. And there's no reason for it anymore. They have a top-class manager. They are willing to spend in the transfer market. They have some real top-class talent. Perhaps also have the best stadium in the world. Exactly. But there is still this slight almost like vein which they're viewed where they can't, haven't validated themselves as big superpowers. So I think this could be a big statement for them. And, And this is, I think, they should it, they should coast through this group. This should not yeah. be an issue for them, um, at least at the group stage level. Definitely. So, quickly moving on to Group E, which I think also is, is pretty much a given. We have Milan, Chelsea, Salzburg, and Dynamo. 
I again don't know how to pronounce the second name. That one I think I know is Zagreb. That's the one I that Zagreb. one I know. <laughs> so I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Milan followed by Chelsea. I don't think it's going to be Chelsea topping the group. I think Milan will top the group. Chelsea finishes second. Uh, Salzburg finishes third, and uh, yeah, Dynamo finishes fourth. Perfect point, Malu. I think I I actually agree with you on this one, and I I, I want to reiterate a point, and I'll shout out go watch our episode of the Premier League review of the season because Malu made a really good point, which I loved, which was. However, Chelsea performs this season is almost irrelevant. This is a three to five year project with a new owner, right? And you made this point, which I absolutely loved. This year is almost uh, obviously they're going to try. I mean, players will always try to do as well as they can. Managers will always try to do as well as they can. But right now they're just in a bit of limbo, right? They've lost players. They are struggling to find a number nine. They desperately need a number nine. There's so many gaps they need to fill in their team. Their biggest signing this season was Kukurea, who's a seven sixty million left back. Uh, th- there's so many gaps this team has to fill. AC Milan is looking absolutely solid, right? I mean, winning the Serie A last season, they're growing. I don't think they're a particularly elite team when you c- compare it to global football, but I just think with the gaps in Chelsea right now, they will be better than them. And I will say, I expect some challenges from RB Salzburg. I just want to say the Red Bull teams have historically been really, really smart in the me- the coaches they bring in. The players they bring in, the way they fund their players, they're very, very data analytics focused. They're going to be tough. So expect some challenges for Chelsea in this group. I don't even think, I wouldn't be, I'm still saying Chelsea and Ilan, but I wouldn't be surprised if Salzburg's able to kick one of those two out and actually make it through to the knockouts because they're a very intelligently run organization all in all, all the Red Bull teams. Yeah, definitely. I, I think... I agree with you in terms of the way the organization is, is run, especially given the fact that we had such a close experience with who was United's last manager. I can't remember his name. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Ragnik. Ralph Ragnik. Ragnik. He yeah. was the sporting director of Red Bull like football. And, and it's very clear that these guys, like like you mentioned, are extremely detail-oriented, intensity. What, what is it called? Gegen pressing or whatever the like like hardcore pressing style of football so yeah it, it looks interesting i and uh, given the fact that chelsea do have gaps maybe they could struggle i don't see milan struggle much just because of the fact that they have stability they've won a big trophy after many many years so they have that winning mentality they know how to grind out results chelsea might look a little shaky but yeah that's group e Quickly moving on to Group F, I don't think there's much to discuss here. We have Real Madrid, 14-time Champions League winners, definitely topping the group. We have uh, Leipzig, Shakhtar and Celtic. I think Leipzig finished second, Shakhtar go into the Europa League and Celtic finish fourth. I think so as well. I think this one is a pretty, again, a pretty a pretty quick group to be completely honest. I think Real Madrid definitely tops the group. They've looked really solid so far, I believe, in the La Liga. So far winning both their games. They still have the same players. They, they're probably slightly worse off than last year just because they're getting slightly older. But they're still a phenomenally solid side. They still have Ancelotti at the helm. And yeah, I, I think it's really hard to root against them. RB Leipzig is definitely going to be number two in this group. I'd be really, really surprised if Shakhtar Donyak can give them a bit of a challenge in this group. But RB Leipzig, again, phenomenally run team. And I believe Leipzig, let me quickly check this out. I think they have a pretty interesting, I believe they signed someone interesting as manager, but maybe I'm mistaken. Um, they still have, you know, they still have some interesting players. No, I don't think I know the manager. Uh, but they still have some interesting players, right? They, I believe, have M. Konku up front, which is a reasonably interesting player. I think they'll be a solid side. 
I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine either of the two teams at the back will really challenge them at all this season. But one question I want to ask you is, are you worried at all for Real Madrid this season in the Champions League? Because Real Madrid are a little bit of an aging squad, right? They've obviously signed some interesting players like Camavinga in the last couple of seasons. But you look at some of the hearts of their team, right? Benzema, Alaba in the in the center of defense, Modric and Cruz in their midfield, Casemiro now leaving for Manchester United. Any worries about them eventually age catching up, or are they just classless enough that at least this one more year it should be fine? Yeah, so I tell you what, it's interesting that you bring up Real Madrid because I knew I wanted to discuss them with you. I think that Casemiro was an important player in their team. And losing out Casemiro is going to impact the squad. Ancelotti has come out in the open and said that we already have replacements. And, and fair enough, they do have replacements. But let's not forget one thing, that Casemiro is a five-time Champions League winner. He's been at Real Madrid for a long time. And Casemiro, Tony Cruz and Modric, each of them have won the Champions League five times, together being that midfield triumvirate. So I just think missing out on him is probably going to have an impact on Real Madrid. Having said that, you know, even last season... I felt that Real Madrid is not the team that's going to win the Champions League because Ramos had left, Ronaldo had left. Uh, the team didn't look as as good as as the team used to be. But they went on to I th- I think in the quarterfinals they had uh, pre quarters uh, as a round of sixteen they had Chelsea. Then quarterfinals I think they had another top team. Then they had Man City. Then they had had Liverpool. They basically beat every single team. So I just think Real Madrid is is like a, a Liverpool or a Man City that you can never rule out. You always know that that they will be sticking around, and especially Real Madrid, and given their Champions League experience. I think definitely they make it to the semis. I don't know if they win the Champions League, but no matter how how many players they have lost, and Ancelotti as well. He's the only manager to have won the Champions League five times, and I think with three different clubs. So uh, he won with AC, He won, he's won with Real Madrid, and I think another club as well. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, I, I think Real Madrid make it to the semis for sure. That's a fair pick, and you know now that the one thing I want to give them so much credit for, and this is again ties back to our conversation about Barcelona and how they've managed their side these last few years. Real Madrid have been phenomenal at combining experience and current day success for building future talent. You look at their side and they've beautifully meshed together experience and young players. You have Valverde, Benzema, Vinicius Junior. One experienced, two younger guys. Now in the midfield, you have Kamavinia, Dushamini. I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I know he's an extremely talented midfielder with Modric. They've kind of eloped together age and experience to make sure they're currently successful, but still infusing young talent into the squad. And these are not like they're obviously big players, but they're not insane names. They're just smart signings, really good players. So massive credit to how Real Madrid have restructured their team. You know, they always get shat on for being. The Galacticos, Fiorentina Perez, always jumping in and making these big signings. But I want to give that organization real credit for building a squad with a kind of long-term perspective in mind just by making sensible, smart players come in. I mean, you think about Casemiro when he joined Real Madrid. He was a, like he was definitely a touted player. But did anyone expect him to be the real formidable centre midfielder that he ended up being? I don't think so. So, And I tell you what, just touch upon everything that you said. Definitely, I think Real Madrid... Like all the behind the scenes, the people who work to ensure that they have such an amazing squad year on year, it, it could probably be a case study as to how you should run a football club. Because let's keep in mind that perhaps in the last four seasons, if we start from the defense, 
they lost Varan and Ramos, who were their center backs. If you talk about midfield, they've now lost Casemiro. They lost Ronaldo, who was a guaranteed 50 goal st- striker for them every single season for his entire tenure at Madrid. They've lost Bale, who didn't start that much, but whenever Bale would be fit, you always knew that he had that special magic that he could produce anything. And we've seen that in his Champions League goal against Liverpool, like one of the best Champions League final goals ever with the bicycle kick. So they have consistently lost world-class talent who, who were basically the spine of their team, were leaders in the team, but they still managed to go and win the Champions League. Man. So yeah, they are a fantastically run organization, amazing squad, great blend of youth and experience, like you mentioned. And, and Real Madrid is a force you can never discount. Where do you? But, but I want to know where do you think they, they go in the Champions League? Do you think they make it to the semis, finals? Where do you think? This is really tough. I've realized I've basically put everyone in the semis, but I'm gonna say <laughs> semis for them also. Uh, it's hard to put them in the. Yeah, yeah, I think semis. I I have in mind who I think will be finals, so I'm I'm gonna say semis, but I, I don't think finals again. Just because you said they execute in the UCL, you just yeah. can't count them out. You like. On paper, worse than PSG. On UCL execution, just how do you rule them out? Uh, yeah. That's team in the Champions League history, dude. They're too good. Anyway, so that, that was Group F. Moving on to Group G, I think this group is also like pretty straightforward. We have Man City, Sevilla, Dortmund, Copenhagen. Man City stopped in the group for sure. Like, um, there's there's no debate about that. So, forget slot one. I think for slot two, it's going to be interesting between Dortmund and Sevilla. The reason I say this is, again, Sevilla, they have a manager who has been at the club for a considerable amount of time. Is just a champion when it comes to winning the Europa League. Extremely experienced. They have a squad which is also used to winning, like performing well in Europe. Maybe not in the Champions League, but definitely in the second division of, of, of Europe. That is Europa League. So they, they do know how to win. And then you have Dortmund, which is obviously like, it is a side that you have to always like be cautious about. They are capable of upsets. They are capable of playing like some amazing football. Obviously, they've, they've lost Haaland, who was their star player. Uh, but having said that, Dortmund, they have a history of nurturing talent, losing talent when, when the big suitors come, but still being consistent performers. So, I think Man City tops. I actually can't make a call on who finishes second. I, I think you... you... In terms of the second place finishes, barring the obviously group of the you know group of death with Barcelona, Inter, and Bayern, I think this is the most interesting group. So I think you're you're bang on with that one. I am actually going to go with Sevilla because I think you I, I think you the exact reasons that you said you know Lopetegui has had considerable success with with his team. I believe last season, I think they finished third in the La Liga if I'm not mistaken. I want to quickly look that up just to make sure. They finished fourth in the La Liga by one point. They were just one point behind Atletico Madrid and three points behind Barcelona in last season. Uh, Lopetegui is obviously a phenomenal, phenomenal manager. They've obviously had Sevilla as one of the most successful teams in the Europa League as well. Uh, so I think they're going to be, they, they, they to me, I would are the team I would pick for second place in that group after Manchester City definitely being the being the definite number one, they are going to hurt a little bit from losing Jules Kunde this off season to Barcelona. That will probably hurt them a little bit, but they're, a, they're still a very solid side. I don't think they've had a great start to the, the La Liga so far, but I'm sure they'll pick things up. Eric Lamella now playing for them. Papu Gomez, for those of you who remember him on, I believe Atlanta now plays for Sevilla. I think they will be a solid squad on the flip side. 
I actually think this is the weakest version of Dortman we've seen in some time. Haaland is a big, big, big piece to go. I mean, if we're talking about Lewandowski carrying Barcelona a reasonable distance in the Champions League, let's not forget how Haaland carried that team. You know, I think to some extent Dortmund has, I give them a lot of credit. They're a very well-managed organization, but they're also an organization who've kind of admitted that they're content with where they are. They're not ever really trying to fund the club more. They're not trying to be this massive superpower club. And I think that's kind of manifesting itself now in this world where there's so many big money players. They can keep players for basically no time anymore. I mean, Royce is the only person who they've been able to hold on to, but Royce is not the Royce of old. You still have to give him credit for being a phenomenal footballer, but he's not the Royce of old. When I look at this squad, there are a lot of young, talented players. Julian Brandt, of course, continues in that team. Bellingham is still in that team. Matt Hummels, Hummels, is, there, right? yeah. Hummels is still there as well. Um, Hummels is, is, who, is there. Who's the, who's, the, who's the English midfielder? Who, who's, uh... Bellingham, Bellingham. Bellingham. Yeah. Bellingham is there. So they have some interesting names, but I just don't think enough that they'll be able to compete with the structure of Sevilla. And mm-hmm. definitely against Man City, I think they'll be absolutely dominated. If I'm being completely frank, I'm actually not very optimistic about Dortmund this season. This is like, to me, the weakest Dortmund side we've seen in some time. And the Haaland factor is going to cost them. That guy was a monster for them. He was scoring just volumes of goals. And I don't know if they're going to be able to replace that that easily, especially when they're playing top competition in the Champions League. Okay, fair enough. So you go with Man City, Sevilla. I still think Sevilla and Dortmund is going to be interesting. But moving on to Group H, you know, actually, I thought that Group C is very interesting group because there's Bayern, Barca, Inter. But if you actually look at Group H, you have PSG, you have Juventus, you have Benfica, and you have Maccabi Haifa. I think I'm screwing up the pronunciation, but yeah, Maccabi. I actually think Group H could be interesting because, see, I think PSG tops the group. But with Benfica and Juventus, Juventus is not the Juventus of old. The, the, the Juventus, which is dominant in the Champions League, making it, I think, to back-to-back Champions League finals. So, like, going the distance, they have for the last few years slipped off a bit. Allegri is back. But again, although Allegri is back, I think I don't think last season they had a great Italian... They had a great finish in the Italian league itself. And I have a feeling that there could be an upset out here. PSG tops. I have a feeling Juventus might just slip and go to the Europa League. But this is just based on assumption that Benfica turned out to be really good. I don't follow the Portugal League. I don't know much about as to how Benfica is performing. But if I feel there could be an upset, I think it could be in this group. Man, I wish I could argue with you more. But I really think they are going to be the the Barcelona of last season. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be the team that really, really struggles to make it out. Now, listen... I said this last year about Liverpool and I can't remember which other team I said this about and they absolutely dominated. But that's my prediction for Juventus as well. They're not the same team they were the, the, the last season that they are historically at all. Yeah, they've made some interesting signings like Locatelli, I believe, um, now plays for them. But I, I do not see them as being a interesting team at all in the Champions League this season. There's no way they can compete with the likes of PSG for sure. But also, I don't think they're going to find a lot of luck even with, like you said, Benfica. I think Benfica can give them a lot of challenges. Vlahovic is an absolute killer in front of goal. He's like a baby Haaland. 
absolute killer with the left foot, another left-footed, you know, tall striker who's going to be impressive for them. But I, I, I'm not very impressed. I'm not necessarily super confident about this team. I'm flip-flopping a bit only because I now look at their squad and I still see like enough names that I think can be impactful. Specifically, again, like I said, Locatelli and Vlahovic down the middle that I think they'll be good enough to go just over Benfica, but I think it's going to be a tough a tough round for them. But I think I think I don't expect them to go much further than the round of sixteen. After that, I think round of sixteen is it for them. That that they get through and then they pretty much have to take the take the boot after that. I do want to ask you. We have to talk about PSG. I I don't know how many seasons we could keep talking about PSG, but as long as there's this trip, this triplet, the trip, the front three exists, the goalkeeper exists, Sergio Ramos is there. Where do you see PSG going? What do you expect from them? Have you given up on expecting anything from them? Can we expect a different version of them this season? Again, remembering now they're under a new manager this season again. Okay, so when it comes to PSG, let's just try and discuss PSG and club in. Oh, who do we think make it to the semi-finals and finals? Okay, so when it comes to the semi-finals, I think it's definitely Real Madrid. I think Man City. These two clubs, according to me, definitely make it to the to, to, to the semi-finals. I have a feeling that Bayern will make it to the semi-finals, and I have a feeling that one of the Milan clubs will make it. Either it's Inter or it's AC. I can't really say which one, but I think it's one of them. I don't think Liverpool make it to the semi-final. I don't think Chelsea make it. I don't think PSG also make it. And the reason I say why PSG won't make it to the semi-final is exactly what you said. The front three. See, when we talk about most of the teams nowadays, especially in the Premier League and otherwise in Europe as well, they're high intensity. Most of the teams focus on pressing. Uh, a lot of teams play direct football now. When when we talk about PSG, you have Mbappe who has been magically kept back at the club. As like rumors on or, or, or it's a reality, he has been given a lot of power. And there were some clips of his which I saw on social media. Now, see, everything on social media can't be taken factually; it can be out of context. But what I saw is that he has become arrogant on the pitch. If passes are not made to him, he's throwing his arms up. He literally stopped running when a pass wasn't made to him. I don't think Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar are pressing monsters. I don't think so. When we talk about Ramos, Ramos is an aging defender. Yes, definitely experienced, can be a leader, but an aging defender. I just don't think these guys would be capable enough to fight against the Liverpools and the Man Cities and and the Bayerns or even like a Real Madrid. So I don't think they make it beyond the quarterfinals. This is a this is a great point. I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt this season and say they reach for whatever reason. You know what? I always think PSG does the opposite of what you expect. You know, like so in my head, my gut says they're struggling. Their chemistry looks absolutely off. You saw the videos of Mbappe and Neymar fighting about the penalty. Now that happens in a lot of times, and it's not again like you said. You shouldn't take like one clip and blow it up to way more it is, but it's it's. It doesn't feel like it's working. It doesn't, it's for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel like working. Again, like to your point, Ramos is almost a non-factor. Like the, the I think they just signed him literally to be a leader in the dressing room. I don't think he's a particularly re- relevant contributor on the field actually. But because I say all that, I'm literally going to go counterintuitive because I just think they do the opposite of what you always expect them to, to, to do. You know, 100% Mbappe is leaving. 
Mbappe ends up staying with them. Neymar two seasons ago looked like pretty much a hundred percent had left, basically signed the papers at Barcelona, ended up staying, has now been here for two seasons. They make no sense. Anytime I have any opinion on them, I'm just going to go with the opposite of what my gut tells me. So I'm going to say they reach the semifinals. Uh, and the other ones that I think reach, I think City Liverpool to me are just so consistent. I just think they're going to be in the semifinals this season as well. They will just make it through. The fourth team, this is really hard to say. I'm going to go against Real, which feels like a massive mistake to do. You never will bet against Real in the UCL. But I'm going to say Bayern. I'm going to say Bayern somehow squeezed through. I was very optimistic about Bayern last year as well. And somehow they ended up losing to... Uh, was it Leon? I can't remember the team. I remember they ended up losing to a team that was not particularly, particularly impressive. But I'm going to say Bayern is my my roundup of the four semifinal teams. Malu, if you don't have anything else on the that the last group, what are your predictions for finals and winner? Okay, so my semifinal picks were one of the Milan clubs. Just, just for the sake of this, because AC Milan won last season. So let's go with AC Milan, Bayern, Man City, Real Madrid are my semifinal picks. I have a feeling the final is going to be, you know, I don't want to say this. I just don't. But I think Man City reached the final. And the reason I say that is because they have a number nine. And Pep has been crying for a number nine for the last two seasons. And now he's finally got who he wants. So I think they make it to the final. I just have a feeling Real Madrid this time don't make it to the final. Although I really want them to, but I don't think they make it. You know, I don't know why. I just have a feeling it's going to be AC Milan. I, I just have a feeling that AC Milan or Inter is going to go the distance. I think it's going to be one of the Italian clubs there. So I am definitely sure that Man City make it to the final. And uh, I can't choose between AC or Inter, but I think it's going to be one of them. Who do you have as winner, Malu? Oh, winner. See, my, my winner is... I'm not going to go with my head. I'm just going to go with my heart because I I can never say Man City win the uh, uh, Champions League. So I think this time the winner is not going to be a team any one of us expect. I think it's going to be either AC or Inter. Damn, that's a real throwback. I can't imagine, uh, you know, three or three seasons ago, I don't think we could have ever imagined. Inter it's probably AC. a prediction where people would just be like, this guy's just talking shit. But I have a feeling it's going to be one of the Italian clubs this time. Hey man, those are the predictions that like if they come. See, the problem is if you say Real, like you'll be lost amongst all the millions of people who said Real. Like this yeah. one, if it does come true, then if people like people will actually find you and be like, oh, this guy said this, right? It's like the guy who, I don't know if you saw this clip, but the guy who predicted Brentford beating United 4-0 and he was very genuine about What's his prediction. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's this, I think it's a UK podcast and this guy, initially everyone laughs at him and he's also kind of joking and then he says, you know what? Actually, I've watched games pretty carefully. And I genuinely think Brentford could beat United 4-0. And it ends up it ends up happening. But I'm going to go with... And Malu, I've realized we never agree on this. Even last year, we had a complete disagreement on who are the finals. I'm going to say City reaches the finals. City wins the finals. Pep Guardiola finally gets his goddamn Champions League with Manchester City. At this point, I just wanted to get it so that he can get it over and done with. And it's in, this narrative is stopped. And the other semifinal, I'm going to say PSG... I don't feel good about it at all. But again, like I said, I'm just going to go counterintuitive to everything I ever think about PSG. You know, like last season, everyone thought they were so solid. They released the finals. They didn't. This season, they seem so shaky. You know, in, in the heart of conflict, I think lies their like ability to have success. 
Who do you think is a team that, and we've kind of discussed this as we've gone through the groups, a team that you think will be a massive disappointment? So either a group stage exit or oh, a round I think, of 16 I think, exit. I think, I think that's going to be Juventus. I have a feeling that Juventus are going to be a group that uh, disappoint, disappoint not actually, let me break it down. I think Juventus are going to disappoint based on the historic performance in the Champions League. Given the team and given the sort of changes that are going in the club, I don't really think it's a, uh, it is much of a disappointment. People should not expect much from them this season. But just based on the stature that the club have, I think based on th- those standards, uh, it is going to be uh, Juventus. And a very close match, I think, is going to be Barcelona. I think these two clubs. You had me bang on. Those are the two I was going to say. You said you remember so I was leaning towards Barcelona. Those are the two teams for me as well. Team that you think will go further than people expect. So a relatively Barcelona. smaller side who will actually... Because there's always that one team that goes further. Villarreal specifically was the team last year that beat Bayern Munich, which was pretty surprising with the last-minute winner. Who do you have? I think it's going to be Tottenham. Definitely it's going to be Tottenham. I have a feeling, you know, actually, tell you what, Tottenham might just make it to the semis as well. And the only reason I say this is because of Conte. I think that guy's a genius. He's an amazing manager. And I think the way Conte gets Son and Kane ticking, it's, it's remarkable. Even if you see the way they started off in the Premier League, they've started off really well. They look solid. So I have a feeling it's going to be Tottenham that's going to be the dark horse this season. I am going to go with, I was debating between Sevilla because I feel like there's always one Spanish team that does it, and Marseille. But I will go finally with Marseille. I feel like sometimes French teams are able to throw up a surprise like Lyon did a couple of years ago. So I'll say those are those are my two, Malo. Yeah. But I'll say Marseille. I'll go with Marseille finally. Sounds good. So I think with that, it's pretty much a wrap on our UCL group stage and just UCL tournament predictions. Please let us know in the thoughts, in your comments below, what do you guys think about our thoughts? Uh, let us know who do you guys think will reach the semi-finals, finals will win. Let us know all the questions that we discussed towards the end, who will be the biggest disappointment, who will be the biggest surprise. And also, if you guys want us to come up with any new content, let us know what you guys want us to shoot and record. We'll definitely do that. Please uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. And we shall see you all again very soon next week. Bye. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a like and share it with anyone else who might be interested. You can also subscribe on any social media platform that you prefer and all our links are in the bio. We also have a website with all our episodes as well as blogs and a whole lot of other sports content so make sure to check that out as well.